Hey, welcome to another episode. Today I'll talk about what does a membership look like for podiatry. You're probably wondering, can it happen? Or maybe you weren't wondering at all, I don't know. But when I first learned about DPC or direct primary care, this was a model that functioned with a low membership. So each month you pay a low fee and I've seen fees ranging from $50 to $100. And it's like a membership. You're paying for access, but you may not necessarily need to see the doctor very frequently. And what's really great about DPC is that a lot of people need primary care doctors. So they function on a higher volume than let's say a specialist would. So I wanted to do something similar when I first heard about a membership option for a couple of reasons. Number one, this can be the base of patients that generates a level of reliability, predictability for the practice. So instead of having to have new patients all the time, having dollars spent on marketing to gain new patients, why not work with the ones you already know? So it just kind of made sense. Yeah, why not? I do see a lot of patients on a regular basis. So why not extend that experience into a membership form? Number two, having more interaction will increase the value of the relationship. And this is critical in direct care practices. The physician-patient relationship is enhanced with more interactions, with the personalization of medicine. And so the membership model makes sense. So you're kind of just committing to that patient, all of your time and energy to that patient and vice versa. That patient is committing with dollars for their one doctor. Number three, a membership model encourages prevention. It's a maintenance focused type of membership. So with that comes a certain level of patients who already want prevention focused medicine. So that's great. That actually increases the amount of compliance with patient care. And you'll hear time and time again, when people put money into themselves, when they're paying directly out of their pocket to see the doctor, they will be more invested in taking care of themselves as well. So it's a little bit of a self-selecting process as far as having that ideal client base or ideal patient base. And number four, I just wanted to know if it could work. I'm always in the experimenting phase and sometimes that's to my detriment, but sometimes I learn something really cool and I've not seen anyone done this membership model the way I wanted to. So I want to share with you how I did it. But if you do do something very cool, I definitely want to hear about it because I'm always learning. I'd love to know what I don't know. So I'll share with you my model, but first I'll share with you a story on why I even care to have a membership model for podiatry for my practice. I met this gentleman, let's just call him Jay. So I met Jay at the wound clinic several years ago when I was with insurance. I saw him as a second opinion. A friendly doctor referred this patient to me because he was scheduled for a leg amputation. He had extensive wounds, the entire backside of his heel with exposed Achilles tendon, the front of his foot, his toes were wet, macerated, there was foul odor, there was gangrene, some of the toes were already gone, uh, but still connected. He was a really sick person. He had diabetes, peripheral arterial disease, CHF, 
he was a smoker, he was overweight. I'm sure the list is much longer. But through a series of wound care, surgery, including revascularizations, skin grafts, advanced biologics, partial foot amputation to remove what was already dead, um, he eventually healed. But now he's at a higher risk for problems to happen on the other side of his body, the contralateral limb. Because what used to carry all of the body were two legs, now it's being shifted to one leg. So now we have to monitor the other side of the foot. This required close monitoring and routine foot care, but sure enough, he did develop another sore that ended up in the ER and the surgeon who was on call did source control infection and amputated his great toe and left a big open wound. This entire experience was traumatizing for the patient. He had resisted another amputation and he wasn't afraid to express that when I saw him for the aftercare, for the wound care. So then that got me thinking, how could I help people like him, patients who are at risk, how can I help them avoid the ER? And oftentimes it comes down to having direct access to the doctor. So what typically happens? Sometimes doctor's offices are so busy, it's easier to have the patient go straight to the ER. And I know this because when I was employed, that was our protocol. Our schedules were so full, seeing 20, 30 patients a day, that having to write an admission order to the ER took up a lot of valuable time. And instead, I was told to send patients directly to the ER so that whoever's on call can then deal with it. I know, don't come at me. That's just how things were in medicine. But as, as I started thinking about pivoting out of the insurance practices and really being a lot more mindful about how money is spent and how time is spent and really the patient's experience in medicine in general, I really wanted to find a solution to that. So how could I help this patient so that this doesn't happen again where he doesn't just end up in the ER? Like what were the steps that had happened before he, en he was in the ER? And this is what I could remember. This patient was going in between several different doctors, not just me in the wound care center, but even once he was discharged, he was discharged to another doctor and I don't know what happened. I don't know if the patient failed to follow up or if the office didn't offer additional follow-up information. It's so easy to let these high-risk patients fall through the cracks if you're not paying close attention. So time had passed and I had opted out of Medicare and then a light bulb went off. I was like, I deal with a lot of chronic problems. Oftentimes I have patients thinking that I should manage their medications, which I don't, but there was a gap that I was able to fill at least with patients who are at risk. So patients with diabetes, neuropathies, prior amputations, I could provide long-term care with diabetic foot care which also encompasses nail care, callus care, wound care, amputation prevention, and surgical intervention. Wound care in itself is such a valuable service. It's the one thing that I absolutely love doing, but it could be incredibly expensive, ranging from the evaluation from 
multiple doctors. Sometimes it's not one doctor that the patient encounters. Sometimes they get referred on to a specialist. And then the products that are needed to use, the advanced biologics, the surgeries, the debridements, the wound care dressings, the home health, and of course, surgeries. There's a published paper on the cost of healing one diabetic foot ulcer. That averages about $5,000. But that $5,000 doesn't get spent on one doctor. It gets dispersed through all of the intermediaries that is required to coordinate the care to heal that ulcer. And so I thought, why not do something where it's all inclusive for the doctor so that he can have a reliable source, a trusting source to get all the care. I think as surgeons, we sometimes overlook our fiscal responsibilities when we try to do something heroic for patients and pull out every single tool or resource available to save a limb without knowing the actual cost of things. And the thing is, when no one sees the price tag of anything, nobody really feels particularly compelled to control for it. So not the patient or the surgeon. So I got curious. I scheduled a surgery for the OR at the hospital and I wanted to use a product. I asked the OR what that product would cost to the patient, the patient who had insurance. And this was a product that I offered in my office and I asked what their cost to the patient would be. The number they gave me just put me in the floor. A single syringe of this product was going to cost the patient $12,000. This product, when I purchased it in my office, was like $400 or something. So that really goes to show of how expensive things can get if no one's paying attention. So anyway, I knew I had to try something, so I decided to try out this membership option with the patient where it's all-inclusive. So the patient pays a monthly fee, which includes wound dressings, x-rays, visits. I wanted it to feel like an experience where I'm not just penny-pinching for every little thing that I was doing or every little product I was using. I wanted them to feel a bit of peace of mind. So an all-inclusive type of environment, a healing environment. So I came up with an extremely low price, which is something I don't really recommend. But I was in the experimenting phase, so that's what I decided to do, a very low price, and see how it went. I believe it was a hundred and something dollars at the time for a month. And that would include weekly wound care visits with me debridements and basic dressings and offloading products. And then he was going in between me and the wound care center since I wasn't there anymore. So there was a bit of conflict as far as the aftercare. So I expressed to the patient to choose one, pick one doctor to take care of this wound and commit to it. And then I raised my prices again just because it was starting to get very expensive and I needed to make a profit. After all, I'm running a business and I have staff to pay for. To my surprise, he stayed. And I'll share with you some of the thoughts that went in my head when I increased my price to what the final price is now. In my mind, as I was negotiating with myself what the ideal price point is, 
This is what I was thinking. I thought he was just going to leave. I thought him and his family were going to judge me for increasing my prices. And I thought they were going to be really pissed. So as of today, my membership price is $350 a month with a guarantee that it will go up with time. But right now that is the price and it's all inclusive. So the question of what, what are patients willing to pay is not as important as what is the value that they get in return. So what's the value that the patient gets out of this membership? His one wish with me throughout the years that I took care of him was to die with both legs attached. He did not want to go like his uncle as an amputee. And he did pass away five years after I first met him with both legs. He was independently walking. He got to revive the love of his life, his ex-wife. He got to be with his family till his last days. His granddaughter spent time with her. And it was really beautiful to see this version of him outside of the office visits. Many times in the appointment, he would say, I'm ready to die, I'm ready to die, because it was very stressful to constantly go from doctor to doctor and not see this wound on his foot heal, or it would heal and come back. So I asked him to please just heal this wound before he goes, and it was symbiotic. We both gave each other what we wanted. He healed, and he was able to pass with both of his legs. So that's what he's paying for. In my membership program, I think of it in a greater scheme of things. What are patients actually paying for? They're paying for consistency in care and access after usual business hours, which all equals to peace of mind. The patients I see have chronic conditions and it could be a very self-isolating condition when you're bound to non-weight bearing to let a diabetic foot ulcer heal. It is a gross impact on one's mental well-being when you're tethered to a chronic condition that at any moment can turn into a leg amputation. So patients who choose this membership model know that they're not going to be alone in this painful journey. And they know that whatever happens, there is someone that they trust that is with them the entire way. And this patient stayed with me until his dying day. So they're paying for quality care. They're paying for someone who truly cares enough to connect with them, not in just healing the foot, but also to provide a rich experience in the office and outside of the office. So if you want to do direct care with the membership model, this is available to you. I imagine it working if you had incorporated some kind of wellness or prevention component, maybe sports medicine as well. I mean, there's really no rules. I didn't have a model to follow. I just kind of went with what I thought might work. I had a hypothesis and went with it. So there's no rules. It's just what the market responds to. And you have to be open and receptive to that feedback. So I continue to have this membership if you want to learn more. My website is 831feet.com. Prices are transparent. It's dynamic, so it will change with time. But if you needed a place to start in trying to figure out the price of things, you can look there. 
But really a better way to look at it is to work backwards. Start with what you want to make in the practice, what the revenue you want to generate, and then deduct it down. Figure out what your individual salary will be, how many days a week you want to work, how many patients you want to see in a day, and then come up with a number and then test it out. In the business of direct care, you can dream big. Whatever you dream, you're only an action step away from getting closer to it. So I want to know, what are you dreaming of in your direct care practice?